0: Introduce our guest speaker today. He needs no introduction, really. Pastor Rick and Sue Prosser. But Pastor Rick, oh, Sue's coming up to preach too. Pastor Rick is part of the furniture in this house, right? Pastor Keith and Janet. He's part of this family. We love Pastor Rick. He is the director of Kingdom Works, he is the director of CityServe, he founded Hello Hunter. He is passionate about all things unity, all things kingdom, and he is an incredible man of God who we are privileged to have in this house this morning. Would you give it up for Pastor Rick Foster and a great friend, great friend. Very generous of you. Wonderful, thank you very much. That was very generous of you, Geraldine. Lord, we just uh, commit our time to you as we pause, and pause for a moment, Lord, we just uh, thank you for what's been, and Lord, we look to you for what will be. And so, Lord, I uh, pray that you would use these words to encourage and stir faith in each day. You may be seated. Thank you, band. Sensational. Fantastic. Why don't we thank the band. Amazing. Greetings uh, to you in the room, those in the overflow. It's great to uh, be with you and those streaming online. Uh, It's fantastic to be with you as well. COVID's done some good things for us. I know that some of us, you know, I mean, masks in church, I don't know about that, but there's some good things that are coming out of this season. Amen. And uh, so, greetings to you. It's good that you're having a dedication for all the young kids, the COVID generation. Who's had a baby in COVID? I hope you haven't, Julie. Hmm. <laughs> greetings from uh, Newcastle's northern beaches. Travelled over bridges and seas to get here today. Privileged and an honour to be with you today uh, to what we call our church home. And uh, yeah, it's great to be with Keith and Janet, uh, Nathan, Rach, beautiful, beautiful people. And we're so stoked for you and together with the church and the future. And just want to uh, acknowledge and honour the board here. Uh, many of the board members have served for many, many years and uh, how they've done that and stewarded this process is exceptional and uh, dealt with things that most of us don't want to deal with and process things and have conversations and they've done exceedingly well and want to honour each and every one of our board members here at, I say our board members at uh, at Victory. (laughs) I mean, I, I don't fully know who's on the board now, but I know that there's many that have been there for a long time. I'm just seeing over here Dave Griffiths and Gary Paget and Graham uh, Clothy as well and uh, Richard Thomas uh, as well who have served many, many years. And uh, a life-giving church empowered by the Spirit to influence the city of God wasn't just a phrase for us, it's just something that we become. And with age we can tend to discover everything that we can't do. And that can actually overtake what God is able to do. I'm just mindful in the years that I've been here and some phrases come to mind and one would be, it's not your ability but your availability. And You know, sometimes we disqualify ourselves but God here today qualifies each and every one of us. There is more, I love that, absolutely there's more and we're all interims. What I mean by that is somebody was before us and there will be somebody after us and we can only take responsibility for what we have here and today and our hope is that with what we do and how we steward it, it will set things up in a better way for the future as is the case of this church. There's graces on each and every one of us. There's graces on each and every church and cities and nations. It's a beautiful thing, actually. I love it that uh, as you look over the landscape of the body of Christ here in the region, you see some doing some extraordinary things. And it would be criminal of us to look at one church or an individual and think, I wish we could do that. In comparison has crippled many of us in the process of life, and rather we should uh, celebrate all the the giftedness and the talent that uh, God has brought to the body of Christ right throughout the region. And for too long, our diversity has been our place of separation, and at worst, division over our place of celebration. And the beauty is that we're all sent ones. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Jesus has a calling and a purpose for each and every one of us, wherever you are and whatever life looks like. You may be a homemaker, and I tell you, uh, in the modern-day narrative, uh, the role of the homemaker has almost been minimised at the expense of a whole lot of things. Well, just rejoice and be glad when you're at home, stewarding and sowing into your children. What a great calling that is. Those of you who are teaching or in profession business, whatever it is and wherever it is, God has a calling and a purpose to you. I love Jesus' phrase on legacy. (laughs) I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. (laughs) The power of legacy. I think it could be wrapped up in a few words, staying in him praying to him and doing for him. I love the prayer meetings. I love, I mean, the fruit of many things that's emerged in your life, my life and throughout the body of Christ here in this city, in this region is a result of the faithful prayers of the saints. But I tell you, I think, I feel there's a day coming where the Lord's looking for people to put legs on prayers It was 86 when uh, we first—I first came to this church. Um, on that day, I met Sue, my now wife. Just hit 50. Four, four children, a couple of grandchildren. I mean, she pursued me heavily. And you're laughing, it was fair dinkum, I'm, I'm serious, I mean she pursued me, I'd get the phone calls, will you come to youth group, you know, that's how it starts, isn't it fellas? <laughs> it was around 18, uh, a, a years of age, and I'd, um, after I'd first come to know the Lord, which is another story, a little bit of a, a, a escape, um, a um, trip down to the police station with my father, but it was about 18, months, uh, 12 months after that, at the age of 18, then I really felt uh, uh, a stirring of God and I responded to the Lord in a meeting such as this, um, well, probably not quite this, I think it was in the demountables actually, <laughs> not as flash as this, <laughs> and um, just in response. My dad hadn't long been a believer and um, he just encouraged me, he says, just uh, read the Bible. He says, just a little bit of that each day will help you. The red letters are really good, just read that and that will help you. And it did. I mean, many of us have grown accustomed to live our Christian faith out without reading the Bible. And I felt a great call and uh, sensing to serve the Lord in a ministry context. And I know I don't want to... For me, that context was through the body of Christ and the church. I didn't really know what that was. Um, I wasn't raised in the church and um, I didn't know a lot of things about church, actually. Um, and I don't want to minimise because we're all called to ministry in the outworking of wherever we are and fast forward to 1996 we'd just spent uh, three, almost three years in Toowoomba where Sue's from and her family and I'd sensed there would be a change in our lives that year I was pursuing a business and setting, in the process of setting that up and uh, that had been a, a, a dream for many, many years in the trade that I was in and, um, and that dream left overnight it was overnight that dream left and uh, we had a few weeks spare and so we came back home to Newcastle and um, uh, that first Sunday in church, Pastor Keith was preaching about the kingdom of God and I sensed the Lord speak to me very clearly to come home to Newcastle and I leant over to Sue at the time and I said, um, uh, I, know what we, I know what the change is, we're coming back home. She wasn't as excited in that moment as me. (laughs) We've all got issues, Sue. I remember as a teenager sitting out off uh, South Newcastle Beach waiting for the sets to roll in and uh, talking to my mates and we are just... Yeah, flippantly say I, I, I distinctly remember saying I, I love this city I'm gonna grow up here I'm gonna get married here I'm gonna have kids here I'm gonna die here <laughs> and I just distinctly remember it and, um, and it was on the heels of uh, that message of the kingdom of God that really impacted me greatly and as well my love for our city um, just tremendously impacted I didn't really know what we were going to do all I knew was the next step And that was to resign and return home. Um, And with Pastor Keith's guidance, uh, I enrolled the next year uh, to Bible College here in the city. I remember him probing me. um, So what are you going to do after that? (laughs) And I didn't know. (laughs) And uh, and perhaps here for somebody here today, or perhaps you're online, uh, I just want to speak to you today. Um, The next step is enough. Uh, Don't be too concerned about what you don't know but rather lean into him who does know and with God you do have an unfair advantage in life and you should tap into that every now and again. It was towards the end of uh, 1997 while studying and we'd done some ministry trips, some crazy trips to uh, all sorts of places and I remember setting up book stalls, and Keith would go and minister somewhere, and I'd bag loads of books <laughs> and uh, set them up, and it was just a great, tremendous time. It was at towards the end of that year that they invited us both to uh, Keith and Janet, and the church invited us both to come on as youth pastors. And to be honest, they took a great risk. Actually, <laughs> I mean, we didn't really know what we were doing, <laughs> we still don't know half of what we're doing. I think the Lord's comfortable with that at times. I think if we wait till we figure out and confident in what we are doing, what we have to do, uh, we'll never do it. You're never ready. (laughs) You'll never be ready for what the Lord's calling you to. And so, but he will equip as you move. And uh, we had a lot of fun, actually. Uh, I mean, as youth pastors, there was a lot of freedom for us in youth ministry and uh, very thankful. Phrases like WHS and risk assessments weren't, didn't exist back then. (laughs) I don't know what we're doing. What I do know is we wouldn't be able to do what we did back then today. I mean at one stage, remember Benny Baker, at one stage you'd have on speed dial um, a a plasterer and a glazier. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the clean-up after the Friday nights, you know, it's like, don't get caught, we're going to get in strife. <laughs> we don't want to be known for putting holes in the walls and breaking windows, as we have been. <clears throat> so we do all our best to get that cleaned up before the Sunday. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've had all that. That hmm. uh, was January uh 2001 that we started Unleashed Youth Conference um, you know for students in our city uh, to launch into the year and um, I mean Keith was just tremendously trusting uh, in that journey. Uh, I'd never been to a youth conference I didn't even know what one looked like. <laughs> it was after our third year I went to my first one <laughs> and uh, but we just sensed um, you know something from God in things and on things and it was tremendous. I mean, our youth team were just tremendous. Many are still here in the church, and uh, which is uh, just beautiful. And many doing some great things. I mean, we hosted for about eight years a, a youth leaders breakfast uh, throughout the region. Um, it's seven o'clock on a Saturday morning after youth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the that was the the, the, the commitment. And um, once a month and seven o'clock, and we do that. It's called King died, and. Uh, but the camps and the holiday programs and, uh, you know, I just, it was amazing, mentoring kids at risk in schools and with Rush and I think Geraldine we put on, we took up an offering and uh, it was tremendous, we, I think we got five grand, I thought, Geraldine, we've got enough to employ you, that well, ran out pretty quick. <laughs> 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 but, but, you know, we've mentored hundreds of kids, Margaret did many actually and hundreds of kids and stuff. I remember doing Emerge gatherings where we'd close off streets in the city and direct stages and do worship gatherings. I remember the big city events and evangelistic uh, campaigns that happened uh, throughout the city, the entertainment centre and other uh, facilities, the civic theatre and city hall and civic park baptisms, I remember fondly actually. Uh, those were very pioneering days. Today's a new day to pioneer. Uh, there were some really cool things, some big things and um, uh, the good old days, I almost feel like sitting back and relaxing and think I had good with them. But it. Better be remiss of me to gloss over those days without acknowledging uh, the tremendous sacrifice and commitment by others and many others in that process. And um, You know, those sort of things are good and it's easy to gloss over those things, but there's a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice uh, in those journeys that uh, many, many people engaged in. And Keith and Janet uh, and this church... Um, your empowering release enabled us to do more than what we could have done. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I don't remember being—I don't remember being told, "No, you can't do that." <laughs> Maybe it was just a convincing sell all the time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, through all those years, uh, we saw many people find Jesus, and it was wonderful serving Him. And um, and I—we I, we added to the kingdom uh, fabric in this city, in the city's story, and. Um, And you both uh, invested deeply into that. And that is the power of legacy. Um, You won't know um, what you you just won't know. You can't measure what's going to come from. That's the power of legacy. Staying in him, praying to him and doing for him. During these years, a small group of pastors uh, that Keith was uh, leading invited me to take on another group uh, called Action. Action. Uh, Many years ago, uh, it was an acronym for a city uh, transformation initiative over Newcastle. I remember uh, in that room at Noah's overlooking Newcastle Beach, uh, and and they invited me to take that on, and um, that happened. (laughs) Not straight away, but it happened. (laughs) And uh, that uh, entity now is called Kingdom Works, and Kingdom Works is primarily a catalyst for unity and mission here. Uh, in our city and throughout our region. We aim to connect the church and build unity and activate mission and outwork the prayer of Jesus that they be one. The last prayer of Jesus in Gethsemane, that they believers be one, so that the world would know and believe. It was 10 months ago, actually, last month, uh, that this church sent us out uh, to serve the city uh, for the kingdom of God in a greater way and the support of this church and the prayer... Financial support and contribution through this journey has empowered us greatly. Again, we didn't really know what we were doing. (laughs) It's okay not to know. (laughs) I believe that there's a great prophetic nature over this region to unearth, birth, send and resource. What comes out of this region will serve other towns and cities around this nation and perhaps nations of the world. It's not a prideful thing, it's not, something, it's not something I say flippantly actually, it's just something we believe, just as God's got a great purpose and plan for your life and something significant will come out of that life as it will within this land. There's been a number of things happening over, happened over the years uh, that have fed into that story and that narrative, large-scale events, proclaiming Jesus, some that I, I mean, I, uh, heaven help me if I've got to take on another, another large event. <laughs> I'm happy not to, go for it. I've got a vision to fill the stadium. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, civic prayer gatherings, and we've got the one in Lake Macquarie coming up on the 12th of March uh, with the mayor of Lake Macquarie, the second time, and we feel uh, our knowledge is in history of that city. Uh, but there's been long engagement with mayors and regional prayer initiatives and city serve, mobilising the church to serve the city. More recently, Hello Hunter... Uh, it's emerged through COVID through denominational leaders. The power of legacy. You've <laughs> just, you just got to keep staying in him, praying to him, and, and have a bent towards doing something for him. Uh, during that time, uh, about five and a half years ago, a, a mate of ours uh, got into a bit of trouble. He said, can you help me out with my church for a few months? That was five and a half years ago. Um, some of you would know that we've not promoted that actually we've not communicated that uh, but we have uh, had um, a church for five and a half years uh, life church and it's better known for soul cafe the missional expression in the community and you probably know about that Uh, we've got some just uh, it's just tremendous favor and and blessing in that and thankful that last uh, october we've restructured those things And uh, we've got some tremendous teams in place, which frees me up greatly uh, to pursue fully things of the kingdom for this city. And Sue's in there every day and loving it and uh, is doing a tremendous job over there. Um, You know, uh, again, though, I remember in that journey, we dialogued with Keith and the eldership of that church, with uh, this church and Keith uh, around me taking that on. Because uh, that meant leaving this church, and I'd never intended to leave the church. I'd never intended to take on a church, to be honest. <laughs> I said, "No, that's not for me. I've seen what you've seen. What happens?" <laughs> but I believe in the church, and. Um, you know, but there's been a lot of things happening. This church has been tremendous in the support of that and usually it comes back to a few people, the generous uh, sacrificial work of a few people from this church. I mean, Richard and Maria Thomas just have been tremendously sacrificial in that process, particularly over the last 10 years. Uh, Dave and Judy Griffiths have been tremendously supportive. My brother Graham and my favourite sister-in-law, Haley uh, have been tremendous as well over the many years. and So thank you to each and every one of you. Uh, who have enabled us? That is the power of legacy. It's not a sole thing. There's always someone behind you. <laughs> and um, as well, uh, board members here, Geraldine is uh, one of our board members, as, as is Maria, who have done tremendous things over the many years. And um, pretty, um, I think Pete uh, McQuillan's helped us out a fair bit over the journey as well with his expertise. Uh, This week, we open a creative space that seeks to connect and steward the expertise and resource in the body of Christ towards strategic mission in the Hunter region. This week, we open that. Uh, The Kingdom Works Collaboration Centre. We're connected with a few cities around the nation. I'm not sure there's one like this in the nation, actually. Uh, It's tremendous to have Andrew here, and we're collaborating well with uh, Alpha Crucis in this journey as well. Uh, We believe that this year will continue to shape and define the next decade. Uh, This church, you, this church, has been a catalyst for this to happen. This church is a kingdom catalyst church. Our small story is exactly that, a small story. There's many other stories. Many, many other stories. And so we're always part of a bigger story. God's riding over here, victory over lives here, your lives over this city and this region. The power of legacy. Staying in him, praying to him and doing something for him. A passage that comes to mind, uh, a passage of scripture that comes to mind um, that for me um, leans into what it is to move into a new day. There's more, friends. There is more. Is the story of Joshua and Joshua won, and uh, Joshua was a warrior. I mean, he'd experienced great victories, and uh, he's mentor in Joshua one to nine. And you can look at this passage of scripture um, in your time, uh, and this is where we're referring to and from. And Joshua's mentor and guru, uh, the man, he passed away. Moses had passed away, and uh, it was Joshua's mandate to pick up and go ahead. To pick up and go ahead. For some here, perhaps those words might speak to you that it's time to pick it back up and go ahead. Um, I don't know what it was in this journey um, for Joshua, but we can read into it. I mean, the past is always comforting, isn't it? (laughs) The problem is it's so predictable you know what you're getting. Um, And it's reassuring, but we can't stay there. There's a natural tendency for us and humanity to go back to what was. It just happens. Nobody really likes change, (laughs) but it's inevitable and it gets very uncomfortable when it's out of our control. We've become risk-adverse this will only ever cause us to lean on our own understanding, our own abilities, our own capacities, and be a tremendous limitation to us. There is more. And Joshua here in those nine verses, God speaks to him very clearly. It's now time to move ahead. And he uses this phrase, be strong and courageous three times in nine verses. And so one would think that he wasn't feeling real strong and he was lacking courage. It would be easy to draw that conclusion. Uh, Perhaps it was that 40 years in the wilderness and seeing uh, that generation that he was a part of pass away because they didn't say yes. The sin of Joshua's generation was to crave what they knew and settle there. He was probably discouraged. Perhaps, perhaps for him, he was questioning himself and there was doubts. Can I do it? Will they listen? Will what happened to Moses just happen again? And certainly the prospect of what what was ahead may have uh, pushed fear into his life. Fear of failure, the fear of the unknown. It's a very real thing, these things, a very real. Discouragement, doubts and fear. I don't know about you, I've befriended them a few times over the years. I love what Nicky Gumbel says about fear. When fear knocks at the door of your life, let faith answer. But it is very real. Discouragement, doubt, Fear. They're very tangible, real things. They can paralyze us all. They want to befriend us all the time. Discouragement, doubt and fear continually knock at your door of your life. We've got to resist the urge to allow those things to take up residency in our lives. Our faith for the present has to move us into the future. There is more. And so I say to a church, be strong and courageous. When you think of the word courage, many of us go to the physical element of courage where people are putting their lives on the line. Well, yes, we're going to put their lives on the line. Well, before you put our lives on the line, let's just lay our lives down. <laughs> and so physical courage. But there's other elements of courage that the Lord's calling us to definition is the ability to do something that frightens one. (laughs) Uh, Cambridge Dictionary of Courage says it this way, the ability to control your fear in a dangerous or difficult situation. Let's not live too safe. But there's social courage, moral courage, emotional courage, spiritual courage, all these areas of our lives that the Lord's calling us to Become courageous in. And every day there's an opportunity that requires greater courage. Be strong and courageous. The continual step out into his purposes will take both strength and courage for each and every one of us. It's not the pastor's job, it's our role as believers. God's word to us this morning in Joshua 1, 8 and 9 says this, keep this book of the law, keep this word of God always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. We like that part, that's a good part. Oh, of course we want to prosper and be successful. The reality is there'll be a few failures in the journey. Have I not commanded you, the Lord says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. What a beautiful word for us this morning. He's with you wherever you go, whatever the circumstances, whatever the situation, he is with you. And so do what you can to muster up strength and courage in the Lord, knowing that he's with you. The power of legacy. Stay in him. Pray to him and do something for him. I sense a gentle whisper of God saying to us here today that I'm with you. I am for you. There is more. You can do it. I won't let you down. I won't abandon you. Trust me. It said that Abraham Lincoln often slipped out of the White House on Wednesday evening to listen to sermons of uh, Dr. Goulet at New York Avenue Presbyterian Church. He generally preferred to go and come unnoticed. So when Dr. Goulet knew the president was coming, he left his study door open On one of those occasions, the president slipped through a side door in the church and took a seat in the minister's study located at the side of the sanctuary. There he propped the door open just wide enough to hear the preaching of the word. During the walk home, his aide asked Mr. Lincoln his appraisal of the sermon. You don't need to do that today on your way home. (laughs) The president thoughtfully replied, Oh, the content was excellent. His delivery was elegant. Uh, he obviously put work into his message. Then you thought it was an excellent sermon. Question the aid. No, Lincoln answered. But you said it was elegant. You said it was excellent. You said he put work into it. That's true, Lincoln said. But Dr. Gurley forgot to most ask the most important ingredient. He forgot to ask us to do something great. Those of you in the building here today and out in the overflow and online. I don't know what the Lord's calling you to do, but I know that the Lord's calling you to greater things. And the greatest thing that you can do today is hand over your life and entrust it to someone else. Give your life to Jesus so that he might be able to take that life and use it that he be glorified. That's pretty easy. I mean, we complicate a whole lot of things in church life, but all Jesus is calling us to is to respond to his invitation. (laughs) Turn to him and give your life to him and invite him in to take control of your life and turn from the way of your way and go into his way. Just as heads are bowed and eyes are closed and You can hear my voice wherever that is and whatever room you're in. I want to ask this question of you. Do you need to surrender to God this morning? Will you give your life fully to Christ this morning so that he might be able to do something great through your life? It was in a moment like this and a time like this that I did that many, many years ago. Has it been easy in those years? No, but I'm thankful because his word has been true. He's with me. And so if that's you here this morning, and perhaps at one stage in your life, you were following him and you just so happen to be hearing my voice here this morning and this message and you haven't fully given you at one stage, yes, I'm with you, Lord. I want you to my life, but you've taken back control of your life, and here this morning is an opportunity to do something great and give your life over to Him. Perhaps you've never done that. You might be online and tapping into the different streams that are happening around, and I want to tell you, God loves you, and He's got a purpose and a plan for your life. And will you respond to His invitation this morning? So quietly right now, I'm just going to pray a prayer. And if that's you, just say amen, just agree. So Father, here this morning, I'm going to respond to your word and the invitation to come to you. Jesus, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But what I'm hearing is, if you're in it, you're going to be with me. And so, Lord, I want to relinquish control of my life and invite you to take control of my life. Will you be my Lord? Will you become my saviour? Save me from my own ways. Your word says that you'd receive me if I come to you. And so I open my life up here today. I welcome and invite you to come in, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you've made that decision here this morning, if in some way, shape or form, whether that be in this building, whether it be in the overflow or online, there's people you can connect with, little chat things online, people you can talk to. I want to encourage us. But for those of us and many of us here this morning, I've got one other scripture for you. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, let work within us. <laughs> My prayer is that God will unleash the power of heaven in your life so that we see the ability of heaven to work in and through your world, for the world, in Jesus' name. Can we all stand together? Father, in Jesus' name, I want to pray over you. Perhaps you've had a dream and it's just latent. perhaps, I don't know what your circumstance and situation is, but what I do know is there's more. I want to call you into the more thing in your world here today, in Jesus' name. And so, Father, as believers in you, we open our lives up to you. Lord, your word says, according to your work within us, the ability of heaven will be outworked through us. And so come Holy Spirit upon my life here today. Release me from the discouragement, the doubts and fears. Take me into the future. Because you're able to do immeasurably more than all I ask or imagine. Take me into those places. Give me strength and courage today. May I know that you're with me profoundly in Jesus' name. And together we said amen.